Welcome to Nerds of the Roundtable, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Sammy. I'm Jamie. And I'm Dwayne. And gentlemen, after another one of our lately world-famous swerves, um, we have settled on a, a, I think, an interesting movie. And and I'm looking forward to getting into this. Um, 2003's Pirates of the Caribbean Curse of the Black Pearl, the launch of this franchise. You know, Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow, Kira Knightley, or Orlando Bloom, a, a, a very a much younger Zoe Saldana, who hadn't really become a whole lot yet. Uh, and then, of course, Jeffrey Rush. So we got lots of big names, big cast. Um, guys, I, I'm looking forward to talking about this. Yeah. Um... I'm I'm I was I, w- I wasn't mad about the swerve. Uh, yeah, the the internet has let us down a little bit, but Disney is bailing us out, guys. But before we go to our treasure island and get the booty that is Pirates of the Caribbean: Curse of the Black Pearl, let's keep it 100. It's time to keep it 100. 100. 100. 100. All right, gentlemen. I am so glad to be leading off this Keep It 100 because I know both of my fellow podcasters here will celebrate my choice. Once more, I have checked one of the boxes in my I've not watched that movie checklist. And 1986's Big Trouble in Little China can now be added. Um, Now, right off the bat, I know you guys we uh, discussed this already before I joined the show, but I will just go ahead and say this movie was bonkers, but in a completely fantastic way. It is such a mashup of pop culture genres from Kung Fu cinema to 80s video games. Even um, Kirk Russell, once again, is playing this 80s action star, but there's almost like this john wayne delivery and his some of his dialogue and stuff it's just it's just so interesting uh it's not a deep movie but i'm gonna be honest i would sign up to ride the pork chop express and hang with egg chin any day of the week um so you know i'm always down for a fun adventure and big trouble in little china was just that and that's why it's my keeping it 100 for this week (laughs) Well, I heartily applaud your choice. <laughs> I, now, I'll, I'll push back a little bit. I don't think it's a deep movie, but I think it's a clever movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah. mean, I'm just saying. I mean, we're, there's just so much going on, and there's yeah. so many little nuances. And uh, I, I think the only thing it's mi- missing is a carotene in it. If it had a carotene, <laughs> it's just like the cherry on top of that sundae. There's a little everything thrown in there. So we'll take David Orkin. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> uh, I want to review that movie now and say that what we... A- anyway, um, <laughs> I, I can, any day of the week, man, any day that ends in a while, I can talk about Big Trouble for an hour. Yep. Um, all right, so uh, I'm up next. Let me start my timer. Um, my keeping 100 this week is Gunpowder Milkshake. And so just straight up, be honest, not a great movie. Not 100% sure it's a good movie. It's an incredibly entertaining movie, though. 
Um, and we talked before about how like my, my thing is like smart action movies. Um, this is not a smart movie. <laughs> um, it, 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 it aspires to have some thematic depth about, you know, gender roles, um, female empowerment. All that. I don't think it achieves it. I, th- I think any idea in here is it, calling it half baked is generous. Um, but the action scenes are incredibly entertaining. I love the sort of over the top, highly stylized performances by all the actresses involved and the handful of dudes that would be in the movie. Um, but it's it's just an entertaining movie, and and the, especially the the uh, first three. A- <laughs> yeah, there's that many action scenes. The first three action scenes <laughs> are worth your time, and so it's not a great movie, but it is a very very entertaining movie. And so if you like action movies, if you like kung fu movies, if you like eighties over the top action, carve out some time. And it's not a long movie; it's under two hours. I think it's like an hour fifty. Um, You'll enjoy Gunpowder Milkshake. That's my keeping it 100. Alrighty. It does look like a ton of fun. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm up last on this. <clears throat> now, both of my guys are talking about movies, and here I am trying to sound smart talking about a book. I'm going to go ahead and start my timer for what I think is probably one of the longer titles of a book. I'm not a big fan of self-help, but I heard about this book, and I wanted to give it a listen. How to Fail at Almost Everything and Still Win Big by Scott Adams, the creator of Dilbert. If you guys ever decide to get into, I don't even know if you can call it a self-help book. It's just kind of a book about his life, about choices that he's made, different things. How perseverance, how, you know, to know when to give up on something. How to how like we've been doing lately? How when to swerve? Uh, you know how he worked through a very difficult time in his life uh, that dealt with his voice. But uh, yeah, the creator of Gilbert Scott Adams, uh, this kind of tells a little bit of his story and kind of gives a little bit of advice uh, along the way. It's just a really fun read. He narrates it himself, so it it has the the author's voice, which is always preferable. But it's it's a fun book. It's a fun, enjoyable listen. Nice. Yeah, I always prefer when there's when the author does the narration. Um, even yeah. if they're not great narrators, there's just something like about un- the understanding of the story. And yeah, I always <clears throat> I prefer the, the author. Right. Yeah, it's it's I'll, such a it's such a more natural story when you have yeah the the narrator you know. And they're not and not and I mean they're not guessing where the emphasis should be. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they don't put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Exactly. <laughs> Right, well, right, guys. let's get to the emphasis on our movie of the week with our opening thoughts and grades and i get to go first on pirates of the caribbean um i like this movie a lot um i misremembered a couple of things and i think i imported a couple of things from the sequels <laughs> uh, i kept waiting for bootstrap to show up i thought he had a cameo or something there was nothing um but uh it's got flaws. I mean, some of them are readily apparent, Um, but there's a lot of great performances. The, the score is amazing. Um, The action most of the time is really clever. Um, Some of it is (coughs) way too staged, but (laughs) it's just an entertaining movie just for pure entertainment level. I'm going to go a minus. Okay. Well, you know, 
that's exactly my sentiment. <clears throat> it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but it's really fun. I'd give this movie an A minus as well. I'm just going to go ahead and do an A minus down there. Uh, <clears throat> this is swashbuckling adventure brought to modern times. You know, it's how long has it been since we've had a true, you know, big blockbuster pirate movie? You know, uh, Charlton Heston and Christian Bale kind of threw a something at it in the early 90s with Treasure Island, had Moby Dick, a couple of attempts there, Mutiny on the Bounty. In 2003, uh, you know, this, this movie comes out after a ride in Disney. <laughs> a Disney theme park ride, Pirates of the Caribbean. And, and who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it that, that this could be, you know, how much fun that it was? But uh, A minus. Yeah, I mean, it's basically a movie based on a theme park ride that's you know, Errol Flynn with Guy Liner. And somehow it's still getting <laughs> A minuses from us. <laughs> yeah. I think we have an award later for that, don't we? But, <laughs> so, you know, guys, it's kind of funny because um, I gave this thing an A minus also. So we need that almost ring of honor uh, on the, in the nerd verse, right? It's almost there. But I think with this movie, from the cast to the sets, you know, Curse of the Black Pearl is just a fun romp. And that's literally what it is. It is a romp. You just bebop from one set and situation to the next. There are some echoes, though, I think of classic films. There is a little Treasure Island kind of peppered in here. There's a little bit of the Seahawk peppered in here. I think the only thing we don't have is the Dread Pirate Roberts. So, uh, <laughs> but those are kind of some thoughts I've got. Well, fellas, um, I noticed in some of those jail cells and like in the holds of those ships, it looked like it was pretty hot and sweaty down there. Maybe let's go get some fans for them. So here we go. Dwayne, you're up first. Oh, I am up first on fans. Yeah, it, uh, it was definitely a sweaty movie. I definitely tell they were in the humidity of the uh, Caribbean there. Um, anyway, my fan, <clears throat> really, uh, I, I kind of touched on it with my opening thought of great, is the return of adventure. You know, this, this is kind of in the era of the epics that were coming out. You know, it's right off the tales of Lord of the Rings. This is right there. It, you know, you have Orlando and Keira Knightley coming right off of that. But it just brought back such a fun adventure. Uh, you know, the, the swashbuckling, uh, high seas, just the shenanigans that, uh, you know, Johnny Depp drunkenly kind of goes through the movie with. You know, it's just so lighthearted and buoyant, you know, I guess. But just yeah, it's just that return of of fun to it to adventure. I feel like that's that's really my biggest thing. It just felt like a fun romp, you know, like you guys had said before. It it kind of to me like it's not a similar movie necessarily, but it kind of scratched the same itch that Indiana Jones does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't take itself too seriously. You know, it, it takes you on a journey, it takes you on an adventure, and and you just really not a deep deep impact but it's a lot of fun throughout 
You know, and that actually leads directly to my fan. You know, I do think because of the things we're saying, yeah, it's not a perfect movie, but there is something about the writing that I think it is kind of smart. You know, it, it knows it's got a whole lot going on. It knows it's a little thin in some places, but it's constructed in a way that just keeps you sitting and watching and enjoying each of those moments. You know, not all movies based on Disney attractions can say that. Okay? <laughs> I can't this believe there's more than one. This, this one at least does. You keep moving through the story. You understand characters and their motivations. You know, and, and like I said, even though there's it's thin in some areas, it keeps you going. It keeps you enjoying. So the, the writing, I think, is a really strong point of this and the way the movie's constructed. Yeah, it's insane believe, to believe that there's more than one movie. You know, from, I can't from believe the there's Disney one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Haunted Mansion. And now, you know, we're, we're jumping on the Jungle Cruise bus. You know, being Tomorrowland? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, there's going to be a concession stand before it's over. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm up last, and mine is... Um, honest to goodness, I struggled. Um I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, memorable characters. There's just a lot of memorable characters. Even mm. Norrington, <clears throat> it kind of feels like he should be played by Josh Lucas. But um, <laughs> there's just a lot, there's a lot of but even like little bit players are really memorable. Like the like the two little the 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 incompetent pirates, the pair that are always together making jokes are funny. I don't know their names, but I remember them. I remember the guys <laughs> wouldn't I? You know, just. All the all the 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 they're hilarious failures. Um, Barbosa is a great villain. He's a memorable villain. Yeah, I mean, even Governor Swan and his you know cowardice and I mean, he's entertaining. You know, and the main cast goes really well together. I'm Orlando Bloom is not you know an age you know, an actor for the ages, but like you put him on set with like Johnny Depp and Keira Knightley and they just work well together. Um, and so this this cast, but it's not just the cast; it's the characters themselves. So it's a combination of the writing and the actors. Mm-hmm. There's a just this is a really big cast, and there's a lot of memorable people in it. Even the um, the the large African American guy with the the tattooing into his face. I mean, yeah. he's memorable. Like, there's a lot of the people with, like in really small roles that really stick out. And so I, it's I, I was impressed going through this movie again, all two hours and thirty three minutes of it. <laughs> How many characters I like. You know, and I and could and could have seen more of. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, memorable characters for me. Yeah, they're different. I love the like you said the the incompetent pirates. You know, Pinto Rigetti. You also have, you know, the incompetent guards that show yeah. up kind of throughout. You know, just 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 those just that pair. You know how well they work off each other. You, know, you talk about the cast of performances. Uh, you know, their chemistry is so natural and so much fun. Well, definitely one place we don't want to go is the galley. To get some pans, let's go see if we can find a pan for this movie. I ain't uh, nothing made in Tortuga. <laughs> they needed to swab the dicks. <laughs> well, I'm gonna leave. I'm no, gonna I watched them swabbing dicks. That was disgusting too. <laughs> I don't know what that stuff was. <laughs> All right. So I guess I'm leading off on pans, gentlemen. Um, and, and I mean, obviously, the first thing I said, this, 
in my head, I'm thinking my big pan is this is the, the smelliest looking cast of any movie <laughs> I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> but I didn't think that had enough meat to it. So I thought I'd you know, step back off that. Um, you know, you guys mentioned characters, okay? Uh, memorable characters. And even though I like the way that you do have Pintel and Rigetti on the Pearl and Mulroy and Murtaugh for the British regulars, I feel a lot of that was really forced. Um, it's almost like they were trying to play Ab and Costello off both sides. You know, I mean, it's like we're going to put Laurel and Hardy on this side and Ab and Costello on this side. Um, and, it, and it's almost like they were trying to force a little bit more humor. Let's squeeze a little bit more humor in there. Uh, I mean, it was humorous. It was memorable. But like I said, sometimes I just thought. Why are we even worried about this right now? <laughs> so. Well, there was a lot of force stuff. I mean, even some of, even some of like the set piece action stuff. Yeah. Or, yeah. or I mean, it was or way too set up and way too you know obviously like hey we thought of a cool stunt let's let's find some way to make that happen you know let's force uh, you let's just shove it in here yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. Mine is easy. It's the it's the <laughs> thing I am most annoyed with when I watch this movie. Um, it's the lighting. This is one of the darkest movies. I've ever seen. Um, I watched part of this movie while I was working out. I turned off every light. I mean, I was almost like midnight special wanting to put cardboard over the windows. I mean, I, there was there was parts of this movie I just couldn't see what was happening. I had every light off I could turn off. And I'd say I'd say there's about, especially in the first half of the movie, it's just really dark. And sometimes it's hard to see what's happening and who's doing what. Um, and like I said, I really like most of the characters. I mean, I'm with Sammy. Some of, a lot of the interactions are really forced. I'm still entertained. Yeah, but there's there's times the lighting is so bad. I know that I know it. We're going for grungy. This is a full on grungy. They could have filmed this uh, in Seattle. I mean, it's it's grunge, right? But like, I just couldn't see what was happening sometimes. And there was a few times where I was like, kind of squinting, going, "Okay, which pirate is that doing that thing?" And um, and I'm the only guy on the show that doesn't wear glasses, and I still couldn't tell what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just really annoying because I because I like this movie, but it's just it's poorly lit at times. Yeah, you were yeah. talking about the, the grungy thing. I I was thinking about the only other movie that like eked me out hygiene wise was probably Fury Road. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is definitely one of those. But yeah, you're talking about the the, the lighting in the movie, and especially you know because. The catch with the pirates is at night, you know, when they turn into the skeletons. So you have the black pearl, you have the dark ship at night with the pirates. A lot of them in dark clothes and they turn into skeletons. So you have black on gray almost in trying to figure out who's doing what, you know, which skeleton is, is, is you know, fighting who uh, is, is a bit of a challenge there from time to time. But, and but, they were being coy with the beginning and not showing them in moonlight. So, so like mm-hmm. the later in the movie, the moonlight helps. So I think that's why the first half is worse than the second half because they're so, they're blowing that moonlight in there really hard to show like oh, they're skeletons. Look how cool this looks. The first half of the movie they're hiding the moonlight, and yeah. so like we're not we don't, there's no light. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all it's all kind of done in shadow. It's yeah. All kind of, oh look look let's you know let's give you these hints and peaks you know. Yeah. Anyway, it's just it just it's a, it's a it's a small thing, but it really annoys. Yeah. Well, my pen kind of goes along with Sam's you know kind of forced interactions and stuff. This movie, I know I talked earlier, you know, that it, that it kind of is an adventure romp. It's, it's you know, in that era of epics. But, guys, it's not Lord of the Rings. 
it's about 30 minutes too long. And just like Jamie said, you know, okay, let's, okay, here's, here's a cool action trope. Here's a cool stunt. Here's a cool visual. Let's shoehorn it in there, much like, you know, Elizabeth into that corset. You know, they're just, they're just pull those laces tighter, put that foot up there and shove it in, boys. You know, and, and let's just try to get as much in as possible. And, you know, Lord of the Rings kind of needed that for what it was. But with this movie, though, other movies kind of followed along. Even King Kong, you know, was, a, you know, they just kind of put so much in there, made these movies so long. And I think it's the thing even today that movies suffer with. But yeah, if they would have trimmed about, you know, 30 minutes off of some of those stunts and those awkward fight scenes, might have been a little bit better. Okay, here. Okay, don't here's, need so much ceremony. Uh, don't need so much ceremony either. You know. Okay, so. Let me let me push back just a little bit. Okay, we've been movie reviewers for how long now? Okay, we we when in movies we watch that we're going to review, we're watching with different eyes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Now, when you watched this in 2003, going back to that, did you even remember this was a long movie? Because I did. No. No, I was shocked when I saw the runtime. I was chomping the popcorn in the theater. I mean, yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, before we were reviewing movies, before we were reviewing, watching this movie to review it, I don't think I would. I mean, I, it never felt long to me. Yeah. 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 And I Although, guess, like you said, when you're looking, you know, when you're looking yeah. for the things, when you're looking, oh, you know, I see where they could have trimmed this up. I see where they could have trimmed that up. Well, that kind of goes on a little bit too long. You know, these fights, you know, like I said, the fights are kind of forced a little bit. You know, a little bit of a ceremony with with you know Norrington and the different things that happen. Uh, you know, a little bit too many side trails going on with the story, but you know, still fun. Mm-hmm. What watching Definitely. movies with your reviewer hat on? It changes. It changes the experience. Very much so. Well, as reviewers, we all like to give out rewards, and as we saw, Norrington loves getting awards. So let's go to our awards section. Graphically Novel. Three brothers tackle a different graphic novel each week. Listen as the brothers Fugit discuss classic and not-so-classic graphic novels. Subscribe now on your podcast feed of choice. Graphically Novel. Three brothers who like each other but love comics. Well, I'm up first with best performance, but I'm telling you, man, next promotion I get, I want I want that ceremony, dude. I want the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I want a new sword too. I want a new sword. I want everybody lined up. I want to march through them. The whole deal. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, not really. Um, that would actually embarrass me. <laughs> I, that that had to, I don't know. That would be so awkward. Um, so I'm up first on best performance, and this one is so easy for me. So easy. Didn't even hesitate. Didn't think twice. It's Jeffrey Rush as Captain Barbosa. I mean, that dude steals every scene he gets near. Um, and this is like this high class, you know, highfalutin actor making a Pirates of the Caribbean movie and just hamming it up and clearly having a ball. So yeah, Jeffrey Rush is a slam dunk on this one. Yeah, uh, it's exactly mine. Uh, you know, a lot of people would go a different way, but we'll Maybe get wrong. later. But probably <laughs> so as far as performance. But, you know, he's he's, you know, battling against the insanity of Johnny Depp's you know, Jack Sparrow. And he's almost playing it straight with a heavy wink, you know. <laughs> and he's just this this conniving, bitter, cold, hard man. And he pulls that off perfectly. But like you said, 
the cast, I mean, Johnny Depp, Orlando Bloom, Kira Knightley, Jonathan Price, you know, great actors. And, you know, he's, Jeffrey Rush steals the show. I, th- I think he's hammered it up a little bit. I think if he had turned and winked at the camera, it would have been completely out of character. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why I said right. with the heavy with the heavy wink. Yeah, he's yeah. playing that pirate. He's playing that pirate as serious as he can, but he has got that, <laughs> yeah, I've got you in the palm of my hand. You know? Yeah, he does. Oh, gentlemen, I love it because we are three for three on this. Um, you know, hands down, Jeffrey Rush just brings this performance as Barbosa. You know, and and at first glance, though, He's that typical pirate, that classic her line delivery, you know, kind of thing, right? He's got the accent, but he also brings some pathos to the character. You know, it almost breaks your heart when he's talking about all he wants to do is eat that apple, to mm-hmm. taste what that apple would be like. You know, there's something a little deeper in characterization there than, you know, just, you know, Army Hardy and he's swinging a sword kind of deal, right? Um, so it, it's kind of an out of the box portrayal on that classic pirate character. So I like, I, I agree with you guys, Jeffrey Rush. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne, well, you're up first on best scene. Well, I am going to give the right answer. During the ship chase, when the, <clears throat> the, uh, the Black Pearl is after the ship, you know, captained by Zoe Saldana. Anna Marie, and they're going along, and they're they're trying to lighten the load. They go through the shoals. They realize they're caught. Well, they're going to catch us and broadside us without us ever being able to fire. How are we going to turn and get them? Drop the anchor. <laughs> Dropping the anchor. When that happened, I was in a movie theater with some friends. When that anchor dropped and swung that ship around, I thought the theater was going to erupt. We were pumping fists, yet the boards were breaking. We were slinging popcorn sodas going everywhere. That is so much fun. I I, I watch this movie just for that scene sometimes. Swing around, and they've loaded the cannons with everything. Broken glass. And in charge of whatever, and, and they're throwing forks and spoons and whiskey bottles and everything into those cannons because they've already thrown away all their cannonballs trying to lighten the load. Would, would you describe that as high seas drifting? <laughs> <laughs> that ship will never be the same. All right. You know, Vin Diesel in one of those sequels. I was going to say, I was going to say. It, 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 <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> All right. You know, I've got a feeling that my best scene is not going to uh, be in, in agreement by, by my, my co-host here. <clears throat> There's a reason I chose it. The scene where Will and Jack fight at the blacksmith shop yeah okay it it's just such a fun scene it works that whole swashbuckling aspect into it yes the acrobatics are a little weird um but you know what the thing is though as an audience member the as soon as you see that scene you should get an idea about what kind of movie this is going to be 
And the, and the truth is, the sequels push that up to 11. Uh, so, I mean, think about some of the scenes we see in the later movies. It's like, oh, we're good. we could up that one. So I think that scene was important because it does give us the idea of this isn't your typical pirate movie. So I, I, that movie tells you so much, though. And like you said, exactly. It lets you know this is the movie you're getting. Yes. And from the time we see Jack rolling in on a ship sinking. Through his escape to fighting the blacksmith shop. OK. This is where this is where we're at. Are you going to stay or not? <laughs> I, I think I, I think it's my one of my youngest daughter's favorite moment when he rides that ship in and steps off onto the, <laughs> yes. onto the dock. She loves that. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, I think you're both wrong. Uh, I, those are both great scenes. This, this, this is an entertaining movie. We got A minuses all around. Mom, for me, is there's a there's a magical moment from the moment that Barbosa says, "Take a walk," and they walk out to the ship mm-hmm. underwater and the moon are going in out of the moonlight. They're turning into the scales back and forth. And then the battle, once they climb up onto the ship and, and the battle on the ship, that's my favorite uh, moment from the movie. And there's, there's something about that image of those guys walking out the underwater assault. I mean, that, that that's the image that's from this first one. It's the Kraken from later on, but from this movie, the, the, those, those skeletons walking under the water is the image that and most has stuck with me from this movie. So I have to go that direction. Cool. And you know, the, the animators did a really good job of being able to, even in skeleton form, know which character was which skeleton. You know, it, it, and 2003 was a long time ago, and yeah. it still looks really good. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, Sam, who's your best character? All right, best character. Guys, I had to go Captain Jack on this. Um, because if anybody is a character, it's Jack Sparrow, okay? <laughs> I mean, he is the truest word of a character. He completely breaks the mold of any pirate captain character we've ever seen on the silver screen. <clears throat> he is so over the top, but he be- has become so recognizable to mainstream audiences. And and you can't say that maybe about every one of Johnny Depp's movies, but, but Captain Jack, captured audiences perfectly and and they still you know know who captain jack is you know as soon as you see him okay i'm gonna go a a different direction here um you're probably given the right answer but um i I mean i just i love the character of elizabeth swan here just because she she looks like you know the governor's daughter she looks like this prim and proper you know young lady of the court of the era or whatever but I just, uh, she's quirky. I mean, I just love how quirky she is. She's got this weird obsession with pirates from her child when she was a little kid on. Um, and and her, her, her strange sort of love affair with Will. Like, it was always there, but there was all this strain and tension in it. Um, and she's a really practical lady um, and really, really brave. And when it was time, when it's time for her to step up and, and do some dangerous things, she was game. And I, so I just, I, I love all of the strange things that get rolled into the character of Elizabeth Swan. That's cool. Yeah, you're you're making me kind of want to change your mind to her now. But uh, yeah, yeah, I did a little bit of digging on this. She was 18 when this movie came out, which means she was probably 17 while it was filmed, and she's standing beside these, you know, seasoned, older actors, 
and really just giving them that sass right back and, and holding her on. Do you think maybe being on the set of those um, of the Star Wars movies helped? Because she was one of the doubles for Padme, right? She, yeah, yes. she was one of the handmaidens early on, but only in episode one. I oh, don't think I she that. was back. I don't think she was back for any of the other ones. But those are um, big productions. I wonder if that helped her. Yeah, be, be comfortable yeah, those, on a big big production. Those were some big productions, and she had uh, even before this some pretty. Uh, uh, substantial screen time on TV and movies, so she she does have that background. I mean, but to be on a set like this, you know, with this cast, and to own it the way she did, yeah, yeah. she she really she really is. But I, I'm with Sammy. I mean, you got the biggest character in the movie. You know, Johnny Depp's Jack Sparrow. <clears throat> Pardon, Captain Jack Sparrow. Uh, <laughs> And, and he admittedly modeled after, you know, Keith Richards because he's just like, you know, who 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 is some that I can draw inspiration from, you know. And, and Keith is kind of a modern day pirate, you know, he's he's kind of his own thing. And I love it that Keith showed up in later movies, yeah. uh, you know, as as kind of his dad. And, yep. uh, and even later on, Paul McCartney shows up also in some of the later movies um, mm. I saw. So that's that's really cool. But uh, yeah, Johnny Depp just kind of. You know, as Johnny Depp does, just went off the deep end with this. <laughs> it doesn't always go in the right direction. He went 100% in the right direction on this one. Yeah. Or maybe we could say he went off the deep end. Okay, I'm going to move on from that quickly. <laughs> I'm up first on best quote, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give the wrong answer. There's just one that amuses me. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've got <laughs> they've got the boat over their head. They're walking under the water, and Will Turner says, "This is either madness or brilliance." And I love Jack Sparrow's response. It's remarkable how often those two traits coincide. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's true. Just, yeah. and he's not wrong. <laughs> I like it, and and that's a really great line delivery. From from Johnny yeah. Depp on that one too. Yeah, it's just I, I like that moment and I like that line. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm going to probably give a wrong answer too, but probably not as wrong as yours. Uh, even <laughs> though it still was a great line, but it's just my favorite. It's I just, can't it's even just, yeah, it's so much fun. <clears throat> but when uh, Jack and Elizabeth are marooned on the island, and you know she's fooling him into getting drunk on her own, you know, and, and they talk about a ship. And and he, you know, sits down and he says, what a ship is. He tells her what a ship truly is. Mm -hmm. Wherever you want to go, we go. That's what a ship is. You know, it's not just a kill and haul and deck and sails. That's what a ship needs. But what a ship is, what the Black Pearl really is, is freedom. That was the right answer, I thought. (laughs) They, they, they get they gave like the director like kind of well swung by they tipped their hat a little bit of thematic depth there and then just kept trucking back to the action. Yep. yep. They, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. I, I that that is a great quote. Um, but of course for mine I had to go something I thought was funny. Um, because there is you know Johnny Depp has so many humorous lines throughout this, and I love the moment where. Mr. Gibbs is explaining to Will 
how Jack got off the island. And he says, then on the fourth day, he roped himself a couple sea turtles, lashed them together and made a raft. And Will very unbelievingly goes, he roped a couple of sea turtles. Aye, sea turtles. What did he use for rope? And of course, Jack then comes in, human hair from my back. (laughs) (laughs) I just roll every time that that scene occurs and Johnny Depp delivers that because there's that pause, human hair from my back. (laughs) And if you watch Gibbs in that scene, he's nodding when he says human hair. He starts nodding and he says my back. He turns and kind of looks at him like, hold on. (laughs) You're weirder than I thought. (laughs) Which is quite a lot. All right. Well, I'm up next, guys, with uh, one of our episode-specific awards. And, Jamie, I'd say you really knocked it out of the park with these episode-specifics on this one. I I, I really, really think that they suit this review a lot. But this is the best. This movie was way better than it had any right-to-be moment or thing. And mine is, you know, Sammy's already talked about it's characters and performance. You know, to develop these characters from what, you know, animatronics at a a water ride, (laughs) you know, they develop these characters from that. And, you know, the actors took it and run with it and really gave it 110%. The story is kind of cool, kind of has a bit, you know, to be desired from time to time. But, you know, the characterization, the portrayal, and just how much fun that they seem to have had with it really makes this movie so great, I think. You know, I, I guess I'm, I'm along those same lines in some ways, okay? Um, I mean, can you, can you imagine the pitch for this? All right, so, th- so, so imagine. All right, we're going to take, take the Dizzy ride. But we're going to make this humorous adventure pirate movie. Um, that should work. It should be a farce, hands down. This should be ice pirates on the open sea. I mean, really. Um, but this film just works well. And it's characters. It's setting. It, it's the, the, the wonky story, man, that they just weave together. And for some reason, this has become such an iconic movie. And people love it. And, and you just, at, like I said, at square one, you're like, there's no way that's going to work. So, and it has what? Four sequels? Uh, yeah. Two that, I, two that I acknowledge. Yeah, there's five, what, five movies in five the... Five altogether, yeah. yeah. Are there five, five now? Al- yeah, there's five altogether. Oh, I didn't know there was a fifth one. Well, is it, is yeah, because they made the times? one, and they, then they made the last one and brought back... Um, Will and Elizabeth. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't think they were in the one in between. I haven't seen. I'm, I'm much like you. I haven't seen the other two, but uh, the third one was so weird. I I wasn't ready to watch anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm still preparing myself. Third one was a stretch. Um, yep. for me, I chose I chose a sort of an emblematic thing that was an example of how this movie was way better than it had any right to be. Uh, and that one's the the character of Norrington. Um. The way he is, the characterization is, and the way they designed and created that character, he he should have just, if this was the movie, 
<laughs> it was based on a theme park ride. He should have just been a pompous jerk. He should have just been a jerk in a in a uniform who was pompous and corrupt, and that should have been all he was. But instead, he's essentially a good and noble guy. But um, he shows that it, he seems really rigid, right? Except there's those few moments when he'll bend the rules, when ju- when when bending the rules serves justice and fairness more than adhering to the rules strictly. And that, but and but even the same, even as though he has this like noble characterization, that makes his that he's not a character we love. He's not a character we really like that much. And that's a tough thing to achieve. It just shows like there's there's a lot of thought that went into like what kind of character is Norrington going to be? What space is he going to have in this movie? What's his relationship to the other main main characters? That the, this movie based on a theme park ride did not deserve that kind of thought, <laughs> you know. And it, I, it it's impressive. You know, and the sad part is later on, I think isn't it Tom Hollander's character that is pretty much just the pompous jerk villain type of character. There's no depth to him. Yeah. Um, no. They just change, change, take that role uh, that Norrington has in this movie, and and just kind of take some of that respect out of it. But I mean, a lot of thought went into a lot of those characters, like e- even Barbosa having those like those you know. Subtle moments. I mean, they, he didn't have to have that. You know, and the, the, that conversation on the beach that Dwayne chose for his best quote, that didn't need to be in this movie. It didn't have to be. Yeah. There's, those, those, those things they put extra thought into that I think made this movie just go from like, you know, a romp or just a really dumb movie <laughs> based on a theme park ride. Yeah. There's, there's, there's little touches that, that, that elevate it. Um, Sam, real quick, I don't want you to get any hate mail, uh, but it's not Tom Hollander, unfortunately. It's Jack Davenport. Oh, okay. It's, I'm so it's, sorry. An, it's another snooty Britishman. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> for some reason, I thought it was Tom Hollander. The Tom Hollander mafia was coming for you. Uh, that's yeah. right. That's right. <clears throat> well, you know, if Tom Holland exists and Tom Hollander exists, it only makes sense that Tom Hollandist would exist. <laughs> oh, too many dad jokes. Um... <laughs> I think we're loopy, guys. Um, it's either the lack of caffeine in the room or uh, the sleep deprivation, but uh, let's move on. Uh, last award of the week is best thing that shouldn't have worked that totally did. Sammy, what actually worked? You know, what shouldn't have worked in this is the character of Jack Sparrow. Jack should never have worked in any way. The collection of character traits are so far from your typical pirate. Can you imagine Errol Flynn performing this type of role in a movie like The Seahawk? Or Brando in Mutiny on the Bounty? (laughs) There is no way. This character should not work. But for some reason, man, it just, it resonates with people. Yeah, he's no seawolf. But... But that's 100% what I picked. I mean, if you just like wrote down like a bullet point list of like a description of the character of Jack Sparrow, there's no chance that should work on screen. But somehow through the alchemy of Johnny Depp and Gore Verbinski, they they made that really work. And so Keith Richards, the pirate, turned out to be awesome. (laughs) And I love the fact that they tried to explain why he acted that way. (laughs) It was the heat of the island and it got to bake his brain, you know, kind of deal. (laughs) <laughs> one of the blues like that explains this. You know, <laughs> yeah, he does the weird Momentary. That was a fun exchange between the, those yeah. two characters. Also, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that that was that was mine too though. Uh, that shit that shit shouldn't be a thing. <laughs> it shouldn't be a thing that people love, but it is. Well, <clears throat> I hate to tell you guys, but you're wrong. Oh, okay. Zombie skeleton pirates. <laughs> Who would have thought that would be as cool as it was? You know, zombie skeleton pirates. I mean, how is it going to work? I've never been on the ride. I wasn't really familiar that it was a ride until this came out. And <clears throat> when when I saw the zombie skeleton pirates, I was like, oh, yeah, it's thing on the ride. I'm like, okay. But it's really good. <laughs> I mean, the movie, it really, really works. You know, and, and two, you know, and I think the biggest kick that makes that work is is Jeffrey Rush's portrayal of, you know, how he, you know, wants, you know, like I said, wants that apple. You know, we're, we're, we're alive, you know, but we're not alive. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we eat, but our, our hunger is never, never satisfied. We drink, but our thirst is never quenched, you know, and he goes through that. And in that last moment, I feel... And did any of you guys catch the uh, after credit scene? I forgot there was one. Yeah. Did you see yeah. it, Sam? Yes. There's an after credit scene. The monkey sneaks in and steals a piece of gold. Uh-huh. And as it's leaving, it goes through the moonlight and it turns back into the zombie monkey. <laughs> the zombie skeleton monkey. <laughs> and that was just so much fun. <laughs> you know, uh, I hate that they didn't, you know, follow that through and if they have it must have been in the other movies i didn't catch but uh, you know, that was uh, that was a ton of fun but one actor we know always works is keanu reeves i've never seen him on the high seas how does he connect to this movie uh when you stop an actor is always working i thought we we're gonna go with nicholas cage there for a second but um, <laughs> <laughs> nobody works more than him <laughs> Um, so this week's Keanu connection was uh, a little difficult to find, but um, I think we landed on the right person. Um, so I think it's safe to say that his work on Pirates of the Caribbean is the high point of his career. Because here are some of the other um, oh, there's not a lot of it, but disasters he's worked on. Uh, he worked on Scorpion King 2, uh, Starship Troopers 3, Ultraviolet, and Catwoman. Um, those are some other uh, bits of work here. There's a couple of good ones, but his most memorable work, and <laughs> there's no chance. I went through that filmography. This is the high point of his career. And I don't think, I think this was like lightning in a bottle for him. But uh, Klaus, Klaus, Klaus Bedelt, I'm sure I butchered that, was the composer for Pirates of the Caribbean. And this is a very memorable score. Remember at the end of the last episode, Sammy like, you know, hummed the theme song for this thing. Yep. Yeah, everybody yeah. knows it. I mean, I played the Lego Pirates of the Caribbean game for a long time. And I've I've never gotten it out of my head. I think it's there forever. Yep. Um, but it's a it's a great score. Um <laughs> I don't think he's ever done anything even close to this. Wow. Uh, that's why he's working on Starship Troopers 3. Um, but he did do something magical here. And Ah, this felt clever in my head. Another movie with magic in it was Constantine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he also did the score for Constantine, starring our beloved Keanu. That felt more clever in my head. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Klaus Bedelt is this week's Keanu Connection. <gasps> I love it. Yeah, and this, you know, the score to this is so magical. It's so adventurous. And when you hear those notes, you, know, you just... 
rust to adventure. You know, it draws you and it sucks mm-hmm. you into that era of Pirates on the High Seas. And it, it serves the movie so well. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it, it, it elevates the movie. Yeah. yeah, he he hit this one out of the park. If if this score is the only thing he's ever going to be known for, I mean, good on him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, really, really, definitely. It's it, it's worth looking at his filmography. List. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's strange. I'll have to check that. In just, I'll have to check that in a minute once we get out of here. But uh, that was our review of Pirates of the Caribbean, guys. Curse of the Black Pearl. I hope you enjoyed our review as much as we enjoyed uh, sitting here uh, reminiscing about the adventures of, you know, Captain Jack on the high seas until we meet again. I think our next episode is what, Jamie? Uh, The news episode? Yes. It's been a while since we've had some news. We've... uh, We've been through our Spielberg month, uh, the high months of summer, and as things are wrapping down, uh, ready to get back into a little bit of news. And quite a bit has been happening. Yep, for sure. Yep. Well, as we go and prepare our notes, Jamie, what are we going to do? We're going to practice the deadly arts of Google Foo as we keep it nerdy.